You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Today we talk a little bit about old school conditioning. As part of our archaeology, of course, we're researching in uh, old school combat methods, old school boxing, wrestling, rough and tumble, of course. Along the way, though, we also have to examine old school conditioning methods, uh, some of which were unusual, some of which uh, are not quite familiar to us, and some things that look very much like what we might do now, but oh my, 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 they're quite different. So uh, this uh, podcast episode also coincides with the release for our first volume of some of this old, old school conditioning, which the entire, all these volumes will be called unleaded because most of these things do not require weights of any sort. Some of them do, but most of them do not. And the first volume out is called the Pliant Physique, which is little old school mobility or flexibility exercises. So that's uh, going to be the topic for today. Now, first of all, why pliant? Not saying flexible. Uh, pliancy was something sought for because the word is a bit more closer to what was going for than the mere stretching. So we'll start with the definition as the strict use of the adjective pliant gets to the heart of what the old schoolers meant when they used the word pliant or sometimes lissom. Now, pliant means yielding, as in a willow that bends against the force of the wind and easily returns to its standard posture. Now, keep that willow analogy in mind because we're going to be coming back to that. Now, lissom, L-I-S-S-O-M-E, is said of a person or their bodies, it meant that they were thin, supple, and graceful. We sometimes see this sort of physique or attribute referred to in the old literature as willowy. So we're back to that willow read again, and we'll still be coming back to that. Now, the two primary attributes of a pliant physique, attribute one, the concept was to foster a yielding resiliency. That is the ability to easily and ably return to a posture or a base after an applied force. We think about that wind versus the willow or the attempted neck crank of a poorly rev uh, or a shoulder crank of a poorly leveraged double wrist lock, etc. Antonyms of pliancy include inflexible, rigid, stiff, stiffened, calcified, etc. Now, so contrast our willows with tree limbs or human limbs that do not yield to the force and they snap, rip, or tear, rendering them unable to return to the prior intact form. Again, so in this analogy, of course, we want our limbs to be a, a bit more willowy. Now, we, uh, we do have limits to our range of motion, but we want to make sure we can get back, and particularly if you're in co combat sports, you will be cranked and twisted and, uh, and put in positions that are, are not quite natural. Our job is to make uh, sure that we can withstand some of these and do so with strength and then allow ourselves to come back uh, good as new. So... The second attribute, to be old-school pliant or lithe, was to be graceful, again, willowy, and the goal was not to yield without strength. To yield without strength, some mere stretching, is a willow broken at the stem, unable to stand upright after the applied force. We must have the coexisting attributes of yielding to the force and the resilient strength of returning to the point of posture. So note, the program we're discussing here will deal with minor forces of the extreme. There will be some isometrics involved, but the unleaded strength volumes, which will be coming out in, in months to come, they also have pliancy plus strength built into them at a much greater force. But here we're addressing the base building of strength while yielding. When we get into the actual strength volumes, you'll, you'll see how the stamina, the strengthening, the, 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 the toning, the aesthetics, and there's a great deal of a stretching slash flexibility or pliancy component built within them all the same. 
Now, the goal also was not mere, I can bend when I need to. It was to carry the embodied pliant lieth grace into each action of the day. To emphasize, to embody pliancy is to not merely execute by rote the programs that uh, follow in the program, but to educate the mind and body to the ways the three primaries of the body, which are the complex points of mobility, which are the backs, hips, and shoulders. We need to know how these interact and bolster one another so that we bring some lissom grace to our standing, our stride, our rising into and out of seated positions. And we definitely will be covering that concept of how to move, take the programs, not just from that mere 10 minutes per day you spend with them, but uh, into the 24-7. Now, the first volume seeks to build that pliant base. It begins the journey of thinking of the body a bit differently than we do in today's glut of exercise science. And don't mean that to mean the old schoolers weren't unscientific, not at all. I mean, read that to mean that much of what we understand today is often diluted through prisms of decades of marketing or hype or single-step approach bias. Now, again, pliancy versus flexibility. Let's go back to our willow. The old school asked that we need be no more pliant than we need to be. That is, our reed, our, our willow reed, needs to be only as pliant as to be able to bend to the ground and back to the point of posture. That reed has no need of scalloping out, digging out a hole and learning to bend into the hole, you know, past the earth uh, more than it would be asked to do in a windstorm. Old school thought dictates that the human body also has no light need of bending into holes to achieve pliant and graceful results. As a matter of fact, to many old schoolers, stretching uh, beyond the needs was antithetical to the associated goals of strength and stability. Now again, much more on, on these attributes in upcoming volumes. Now, stretching in the word itself conjures what was considered the problem with standard flexibility training. It implies stretching a bit beyond current capabilities. Stretching, very definition of the word. To old school thought, pliancy was educated to the point of posture. Strength was not stretched for, if we were doing any sort of our conditioning exercises. It was accrued with startlingly easy loads. Easy being a relative word. It was educated and accrued via long honed skill, not forced over training. So in a sense that uh, we didn't get strength by, you know, stacking on more place way, way, way above our pay grade. We're gradually looking for this move through us. We have this not just muscular strength. We want strength of ligaments, joints, tendons, all down the line. Pliancy training is likewise based on moving to the earth and not stretching into these holes in the, our metaphor. Often, what we ask of our bodies today to reap old school rewards is eating up our progress and paving the way for accrued injury. I mean, yes, the Van Damme split between chairs is an impressive stunt, no doubt, and a few old schoolers demonstrated such ability, but this was considered an outlier attribute and not necessarily a desirable goal and in no way contributed to the goal of the whole. Now, let's, uh, let's talk Eugen Sandow for just a moment, uh, so, and Sandow over yoga. Uh, the educated eye may see some similarity between some of the postures or exercises, uh, what we'll be doing in, in this volume, and what can be found in some disciplines of yoga. Now, there's two reasons for that. One, there's only so many ways to move the hum, uh, human organism. There's a, uh, a lack of commonalities would be extraordinary. I mean, commonalities are common because, well, we're all working with the same toolbox, the human body. Two, there is a mighty convincing school of thought that sees the modern incarnation of yoga is heavily influenced by Eugen Sandow's visit to, to India. Uh, Sandow was the man considered the mo father of modern bodybuilding at the term of the time was physical culture in his day, and to my mind still a better term because it didn't seek just for the uh, muscular size or, or muscular development. It was looking for his, his overall uh, built with the stamina, the, the tendons and ligaments. Again, more than that much later, but this still this is very shot through the prism of this old school thought. 
towards the turn of the last century, Sandow, and he made that visit to, uh, to Indy to promote his own system of conditioning, and he made quite an impression. So there was a bit of uh, cross-pollination of ideas at that time. So yes, yoga is a discipline with a long past. It is the modern incarnation that may have seen this cross-pollination. And uh, for those who are interested in such histories, I'd guide you towards Mark uh, Singleton's book, Yoga Body, the Origins of Modern Posture Practice. I believe it came out in 2010. Of course, we need not trace down the lineage or pedigrees of anything in our lives, whether it be something physical or cognitive, uh, philosophical to determine if our practice produces results. Results are what we strive for no matter who cooked the meal. But again, similarities in appearance do not equate likeness and performance. There's different ways to approach these things. And as we proceed, the differences will manifest. Uh, that's enough of the preview there for it. I will discuss there will be well, one, four, five different programs that we uh, we lay out and that we lay out a, a base program. I've uh, worked from head to toe, which is really for anyone. It doesn't have to be a combat athlete. Anyone who wants to rest, uh, you maintain flexibility or pliancy or want to regain uh, regain a bit. Then we have a, an upper body expansion that goes a little bit deeper for those of us with some wrecked elbows and shoulders from all this combat work. And then we also deal with isometrics at the edge or safety at the margin. This is definitely for the combat athlete or someone who's wanting to gain a bit more flexibility than they have now. I mean, this is the isometric is the edge. We'll, we'll get you there. But the combat athlete, uh, often we're stretched to positions. Uh, we call it the point of pop, right? If you didn't tap, the next uh, you know half inch is to be the one that's going to do the damage. This is where we're learning to apply our strength forces at the time. And then the uh, the other programs we have are the shotgun pliancy, where we're dealing with uh, the neck, the the fingers, the the the, uh, the toes. From I mean, if you do any catch, you're going to have some toe holds head. If you if you pound your fist against bags and human beings all the time, you're going to get some uh, some stiffness in the wrist and elbows. You get tennis elbow, golfer's elbow. These will address those those ideas. And uh, the other program, and there's a little bit of an add-on, and because the old timers were thinking of everything, we'll call it the the blow the belt. There's kind of a there's an octet of exercises that will address a bit of sexual esoterica, nothing dirty, but will in the in the program itself uh, it explicates in, in the uh, in the written matter, and uh, we discuss what you'll be doing. Cause it's pretty much an internal exercise, but if uh, that kind of floats your boat, give it a shot, see if it works out for you, and it's it's got some interesting results. I'll say that. Uh, again, I'll provide some, uh, provide some links if you want to go ahead and pick up a copy of the Unloaded uh, yourself or another link so you can go over and take a look and see what the rest of the contents are. All right, you guys take care of yourself. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, extremeselfprotection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics.